few Thanksgivings that I was more excited about than this one. Not because I do all the cooking, which I enjoy thoroughly, especially with my oldest daughters. It's a tradition of ours. But because if you're going to make all those snacks and sit down to watch a Lions game, you don't want to get your heart stomped on. And this was the year, I'm telling you, Lomas Brown, this was the year that my heart was going to be uplifted. I was going to leave that game on a high, but my heart got stomped on. How you doing, Lomas? Oh, I'm great, Chris. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. You know, usually I when I you know every time I get I'm lucky enough to have you on, I call you Nasty Number Seventy Five. You're just one of our heroes, and I want to. I don't want to be remiss in this. I was at the Monday night game where you got inducted into the Pride, and I just felt proud to, to know you a little bit and 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 happy for you that you're being recognized that way. So congratulations on that. I appreciate that, Chris. That means a lot. I really do. Listen, can we talk? Can we talk real, like off the record here? Absolutely, my good man. All right. I talked to you early in the season about drinking the Kool-Aid, and we had a good laugh, and you were drinking it too. And there's lots to be excited about. I'm not I'm not a neophyte when it comes to being a football fan, especially a Lions fan. The, the team's going to have some clunkers. They're going to lose to some bad teams here and there, and everyone's going to roll their eyes. And in Detroit, we make too much out of it because we're not used to this. But it happens elsewhere, right? The Jets are the only ones to beat up on the Eagles, and on and on it goes. The last two games, this has not looked encouraging, especially especially on the defensive side of the ball. We know Jared is, is good at taking care of the football, and there's been a couple snafus, but it, this defense does not look good. What am I missing here? What What's happening on the field in practice behind the scenes where they don't seem to be as worried? Yeah, so Chris, the thing for me is that when you start talking defense, you start talking front seven being tied to your secondary. And the thing about it is that we're getting pressures and we're getting hits on the quarterbacks, but we're not making impact plays. And impact plays are sacks. That's what impact plays are. You have to be able to get these quarterbacks on the ground, and we just haven't been able to do that. Like I said, we've been getting pressure, yeah. We've been getting hits on some of the quarterbacks, yeah. But again, you got to be able to get these guys on the ground, and like I say, by your your front seven and your secondary kind of being tied together. When the quarterback has seven, eight seconds to scan the whole field, to go through his progressions, one, two, three, you know, and then check it down. That's too much time, and that's what we've been doing. That's what's been happening to our defense. Everybody say, well, it's a running quarterback. It's mobile quarterback that our defense can't happen. But mobile, the guys that can buy a little bit more time in the pocket by moving left a little bit or moving right a little bit or moving up in the pocket a little bit, we still aren't able to get those guys down on the ground. And I'm telling you, that's been kind of hurting us, and it's going to continuously hurt us until we find a way to start pressuring these quarterbacks yeah. and get making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because if it's happening now, it'll only get worse as we play better Absolutely. teams, right? And I've been listening. I I gave this an analogy to Rieger earlier when I teach my kids about football. You know, you and they were little boys telling them it's like paper rock scissors. You know, the offense is betting you're going to throw scissors, so we're going to throw rock. We think they're going to run, so we're going to throw. 
And it seems like lately our defense, because we're so weak in the secondary, we didn't really make any moves at the deadline. I know there are hopes that a couple guys come back. It seems like all we do is just throw stone over and over and over again. Everyone's playing really deep, and they're leaving those lanes so wide open that's just completion after completion. Yes. So is there is there an end in sight to that? I mean, from your perspective, knowing the front office, are they expecting the, the key players to come back in time to make an impact in the playoffs? And if not, is AG going to start, Aaron Glenn, start going to start doing things that bring that defense in a little more snugly up to the line and take that away? Yeah, I, 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 those are great points that you made, Chris. And, yes, I think what we're going to do, and we know Brad has been one that want, that hasn't wanted to mortgage the future. That's what Brad didn't want to do. We don't know about what Chase Young would have caused. We don't know about Montez Sweat. We don't know what these guys would have cost the organization. So we're trusting Brad that he didn't want to mortgage the future. So, therefore, that means to me that the guys, he feel comfortable enough with the guys that we have coming back. When you're talking about uh, James Houston, when you start talking about C.J. Gardner, when you start talking about some of the guys that we could get back to help, I think they feel comfortable that these guys will be able to make plays um, and make plays at opportune times. And that's the thing about it, Chris, too. You have to have guys that can make plays at the opportune time. You know what I'm saying? It has to be important times, especially, like you said, when you get later on down in this year and these teams get better and better because it's not going to be any easy games left the rest of the year for the Lions home or away. Right, and we don't know. That's a great point, Lomas, because we don't know what he, what Brad knows in the front office. And we don't, we get so swept up in this as fans. And I know you're a fan too, right? This is deep in your blood, this Honolulu blue. And we, we don't want a one year flash in the pan. Only two teams go to the Super Bowl and only one team can win it. What we want, I think, if I can speak for the entire state of Michigan, is a perennial contender, right? Like the Patriots were, like yeah. the Steelers were for so long. And that, you know, you're not going to mortgage the future away to have one guy whose contract's going to expire anyway. I get all that. What do we do at this point as an onlooker with Jared Goff, who's been had a renaissance to his career, but the last two games, I mean, he's looked like a babe in the woods. I mean, is this just a blip on the radar? Yeah, I think with Jared, man, I, I think it's a blip on the radar. I really do. If you think about it, you're right. These last couple of games, especially the Chicago game and uh, this last Thanksgiving Day game, they had you know, Jared has been real loose with the turnovers. That's something I'm encouraged by because you can correct that. You can correct bone security. You can correct throwing it away instead of throwing it in harm's way. Those are things as a veteran quarterback that can be corrected. So I'm not as worried about Jared. I'm more worried about, again, the offense as a whole because, again, uh, the offensive line didn't play well that last game. You know, we didn't get a lot of separation from our receivers that last game. I think Sam LaPorta might have been our best pass receptor, you know, catcher that day. So those are little things that are starting. And the reason why that's happening, Chris, is because teams are scouting the Lions more. Again, the film is out there on the team. What yeah. we like to do, our tendencies. As the season go on, and I keep saying that, 
That's why your execution as a ball player, that's not why it has to be on point because teams are going to catch up with your schemes, some of the things that you're doing. But I'm telling you, if you're able to execute, regardless of those teams being able to scheme up for you, you still can have success. All right, Lomas, I know we got, we got to let you go here in a minute. I could talk to you all afternoon. But if you're the guy, as you were on the field for the better part of two decades, and you just went through two losses, what, what do you need to hear from your head coach and your, all your coordinators as you go into New Orleans this next week? What is the one thing that's going to make you feel like, you know what, we're all right? So it's got to be we got to eliminate these turnovers. The, the turnovers – are something that we can take care of. We will make sure we take care of these turnovers. We will get back to executing the way we were the early part of the season. All right. I'll be watching. You'll be watching. We'll all be watching. Thanks, number 75. Congratulations on your, on, on your induction. Okay? We'll talk Thanks again soon. <laughs> back in just a little bit with Marie to close it out.